Hello there, and welcome back to episode 21 of Legend of the Glorio Heroes, your one-stop shop for hot takes and live reactions to the legendary 1988 science fiction OVA. As always, I'm your host, G, and with me, my brother-in-arms, my my homie who always lets me stumble into his house in the middle of the night to uh, drunkenly rant about women I've kidnapped recently, is my co-host, Hero. I'm still here. Yes, I, I appreciate your open-door policy. You know, just uh, everybody's invited to Hero's house if you just want yeah, to walk in and, you know, discuss politics or, or kidnappings or... You know, staging coups against the government, whatever, whatever you got on your mind, come yeah. to Eros' house. Seize the means of production. Yes, don't actually come to Eros' house. <laughs> nope. But uh, yeah, we are here to talk about um another interesting trio of Indeed. episodes. You know, I just want to say, like, when we started this thing, I didn't think like I was like, oh, you know, when we get around fifty, sixty episodes in, this show will probably just be like spinning its fucking wheels. Won't be that, like, you know, it'll kind of get samey. I was wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm still incredibly engaged with what's happening. Yeah, this, the, the I mean, season three started last, in the last three episodes, but I feel like it's th- these three episodes where I was beginning to realize, realize, like, oh my god, this show just never fucking takes a break. This show still going. never just, like, you you have expect like maybe people you have expect like oh maybe like oh nobody talks about like oh because y- y- a lot of shows are great a lot of shows are great but you know a lot of shows aren't perfect right like you have to expect like with a show like Legend of the Galactic Heroes oh maybe there's a weaker season maybe oh nobody talks right. about season three because that's the you know that's the rebellion arc where all they do is like you know trade blows back and forth no this show still going this still show strong still coming up with new things. This show just somehow manages to come up with new fucking ways to just blow my goddamn mind (laughs) in what it decides to do and how its plot develops. And we should just get right into it because uh, there's a lot to get through here. Well, there's both a lot and a little going on in these three episodes, (laughs) and uh, we want to talk about it. So uh, we are talking about episodes uh, 58, 59, and 60. Indeed. Episode 58, Visitors. Episode 59, Past, Present, and Future. And episode 60, The Magician is Captured. Oh my god, is that the actual name of that episode? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We'll we'll get into episode 60 later. We need to start off with episode 58. Yeah, 58. uh, Overstein waltzes into the office and is like, you should get married, Kaiser Reinhardt. And, and and once again, just like Reinhardt, yeah, that's funny. Uh, you know, the uh, our my Secretary of State also told me about that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, even Oberstein recognizes that there's need of an heir in the new dynasty. Uh, yes, yes, but uh, Oberstein also mentions uh you should get married but uh by the way it shouldn't be to hilda in fact we should have hilda's family murdered for their association <laughs> with baron kunmel which uh, i don't think he's seriously suggesting it i think he's just hanging that idea in the air to see what reinhardt's reaction is which also just a fucking overstein thing to say yeah like 
Oh, by the way, anyone you marry, you should kill all of their relatives so that nobody will vie for your throne. Right, like, right. Oh. My, mm-hmm. Right, my bad. It's not for just the Baron Coon Mail stuff. It is Oberstein's recommendation of <laughs> just leave your future wife fucking completely isolated from their family so that... So that your line have, is the only line. <laughs> which is... The Oberstein... <laughs> Oberstein's supposed to be the smart guy who like take makes the hard choices. This almost feels like Oberstein just being maybe kind of a dumbass here. I feel like he perhaps doesn't recognize like <laughs> the long term consequences of setting a precedent of murdering your wife's family. Like Oberstein, does Oberstein care about precedent or does he just care about results right now? Yes, that is a good point. Uh, point is. Reinhardt is uh, not happy with this suggestion. In fact, Reinhardt directly calls out Oberstein. He's like, this is about Hilda, isn't it? Like, <laughs> it's scared that Hilda might actually have real power down the line, you know, or something. And, also, uh, also make it to the Nalander house arrest. How do you like that, Oberstein? Yeah, yeah, also that. <laughs> and Oberstein's just like, okay. All right, fine. Whatever you say. Sir, I'm out of here. But uh, as we find uh, out in later episodes, though, like I begin to wonder if, like, if moments like these are what are starting to push Oberstein to. I mean, Oberstein up to this point has already begun to make moves behind Reinhardt's back, but I begin to wonder if it is actions like these that Reinhardt makes that are like explicitly contrary to Oberstein's desires, right? That push him even more into like. Operating with Lang, yes, yeah, like like that. yeah, that and like the stuff with Lenin Compt later down, but uh, but yeah, speaking of Lenin Compt, so uh, yeah, he so he yeah, we got a report from him about how uh, Yang is under surveillance and, and uh, he's being Yang, <laughs> yep, um, basically saying Lenin Compt thinks the Yang Wenli is up to something. He thinks he thinks uh, he's gonna rally what's left of the empire or rally what's left of the alliance to overthrow the empire's rule there, which is not technically incorrect, but also, you know, well, yeah, we we see how that we see how jumping the gun a little bit early on that accusation works out for everybody down the line, right? And uh, Oberstein's basically like, yeah, the, sure, that'll be great. Yeah, I mean, obviously Oberstein wants this to happen because mm-hmm. Oberstein is itching for the excuse to put the boot down on the FPA. Yep. Like, you know, Reinhardt is more content to take it slow. Reinhardt is more content to, like, over the course of the next five, ten years, kind of gradually, like, integrate the FPA into the Empire. Mm-hmm. But Oberstein is like, nah, son, let's, let's fucking slit their throats now, basically. You know, we already have them in chains. We might as well finish the job. But, uh, you know, in the meantime, uh, because everybody, you know, the war's a success, everybody's back home on Odin, uh, Mittermeier has somehow managed to live long enough to see his young wife again, the uh, Evangeline Mittermeier. (laughs) Yep. Uh, And we, you know, it only took uh, 58 episodes for us to see Mittermeier on screen with his wife. Which might as well be saying he's so dead this season. Uh, I mean, I wonder about that. Yeah, yeah I, I, I wonder. We, like, we, both, we, we joke about the introduction of a character's wife being their death flag, but also somehow Castle New has survived three seasons. 
with yeah, his, wife, his wife, daughter's on the screen character. I don't know. Uh, I mean, we could talk. We could always, you know, discuss our speculation about Castle News' eventual fate. But at least up till now, he has been the one character who seems to buck the trend of uh, yeah. being married on screen and but, still yeah. surviving. Mittermeier is uh, like, man, Reinhardt should get with Hilda. They're yeah. such a good. They're such a good fit. Their kid will uh, be super smart. It's so Mittermeier. It's such a Mittermeier statement. <laughs> oh man, I bet Hilda Reinhardt's kid would be super smart. It's like, <laughs> oh Mittermeier, you're such a fucking. <laughs> but also, like you know, he means he he's coming from a good place. Oh, you know, yeah. Mittermeier doesn't mean an ounce of like malice in his statement. Of he course truly not. believes it. Mittermeier is a, a nice guy. Speaking of nice guy, he's such a nice guy that uh, apparently Mittermeier has an open door policy. Apparently Mm -hmm. anybody can just fucking stroll in Mittermeier house. Ronenthal's his best friend. Everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, of course. Ronenthal shows up, you know, fucking the of flowers for Mittermeier's wife. Uh, Which is an incredibly Ronenthal. Yes, yes. I I mean, we saw in the flashback when they got married and Ronenthal just, like, strolls up the aisle to, you know, kiss her hand at the wedding. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, you want to hope, you don't think Ronenthal would ever actually be a homewrecker, but... You also worry that Mittermeier is just way too trusting with the man he considers his best friend. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. <laughs> if there's man. anybody. If, look, I think feel like Roenthal would absolutely be a homewrecker, but not to Mittermeier. Yes, I mean, to that's what I mean. <laughs> Roenthal would ruin anybody else's marriage. And, and you just kind of hope that he considers Mittermeier and his wife the one exception to the rule. But uh, also, yes, it is very Roenthal to just still pull off these very flirtatious moves on uh, on, on his best friend's wife. But uh, yes, he shows up and yeah. he's like, hey. I came to drink in your house and complain <laughs> about my life. And yeah. then I was just like, all right. All right, uh, let's uh, bust out the wine, the champagne or whatever, and get to speaking because we're yes. best friends. Exactly. And let's talk shit about Job Trunick. Yes, yes. Fuck that guy. Yes, they they discuss Job Trunick, the parasite, <laughs> um, and how like you know clearly him selling out the Earth cult is him trying to like you know get to the good graces of the Empire, and that you know that is a dude like you know they say he's a man with no pride, no honor. Like yeah. he will sell anything, you know, including constant businessman. Yes, yes, he will sell. Any asset he thinks he can get away with if it benefits him in some way. You know? and, yeah. From the perspective of what he sold, he's incomparable as a businessman, but all he buys is scorn and vigilance. Yes. It's such a see, I mean here's the thing. Again, I, I think you know, I prefer the social dynamic of the FPA's members, you know. But these two are not, great together. You know, but but yes, yes, Mittermeier and Roenthal and just like not only is it that is it the relationship, but yes, it's also the lines they drop. Like nobody in the FPA is gonna say all he buys is scorn. You know, <laughs> like nobody, nobody talks that dramatically in the FPA. And uh, you know, it's a subtle thing, but I very much do appreciate like the difference in like cadence and language between the two factions. But um, but yes, eventually they move on from Job Trunick because whatever that dude's a putz. 
Uh, let me tell you about what I've been really up to. Well, another admiral uh, shows up, just walks in the door. Right. Yes. Yes. Another one. What's who is it? It's uh, Admiral Bearline. Bearline. Yeah, Bearline's just like, hey, what's up, Bearline? Uh, yeah, I just love that. Like, because like it's totally fine. It makes sense that. You know, his wife will just let in Roenthal because, you know, it's been my Roenthal. <clears throat> but then she's like, oh, honey, Admiral Byerline's here. Like, it ain't like it ain't shit. Right. And, you know, Bitterbeier, like, me, Bitterbeier, ah, oh, send him in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just wants uh, him. Yeah, to it's... talk. To, he's like, oh, uh, Admiral Roenthal also here. Okay. But, uh. Turns out Operation Sherwood already been leaked by by POWs. Yes, yes. Apparently, it is. Uh, the rumors are spreading that Murkatz has survived the Battle of Vermilion and yeah. is building up a resistance movement, which Gasp. again Gasp. is all correct and it's true. Of course, Mittermeier is like, "How dare you sully the name of a dead man?" Right. I like that. I like that. Like <laughs> Reinthal's reaction, of course, is like, "Oh, that's bad news if that's actually true." Yeah. Like, big if true. Big, if true, yes. But I like that Mittermeier's reaction is not, oh shit, that's a dangerous rumor. His reaction is, hey man, Murkatz was a good guy. Don't sully his name like that. He died at the Battle of Vermilion. How <laughs> dare you? It's like, oh, uh, Mittermeier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so pure. Uh, he's more so concerned about... He's, yeah. just, he's more concerned about people fucking re- speaking ill of Murkatz's reputation than yeah. and uh, the, uh <laughs> Brointhal drops the fucking line of like to overreact based on rumor and make stupid accusations. That's uh, we can leave that to the Ministry of Internal Security. Uh, yes, yes. Just fucking throw, throw some shit Lang's way. Yes, I mean, I sick. think yes, yes. I mean, there, there's an. I hope I do hope we see more of this in in season three is more of like the internal squabbling of empire politics, you know, mm-hmm. like 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 everybody when it comes to wars, everybody likes to talk about battles, right? Battles wars are won by big battles, you know, and on the second layer, people will occasionally like me will talk about logistics and like the you know and and like the the equipment and the preparation of battles but then there's the third layer which is the politics you know the the people back home what are they talking about what do they prioritize and i hope some of this stuff comes up more often because like yeah i am very curious like you know as we start to enter what is ostensibly peacetime though clearly not by the end of episode 16 <laughs> um like how do tensions flare between, you know, the admirals who are, you know, maybe a big deal during wartime, but kind of lose their prominence during peacetime and Mm -hmm. these like internal, you know, internal affairs agencies. But, uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, Minimar changes the subject and is like, man, I hear you're, uh, I hear you've changed girlfriends again. (laughs) Starting like an absolute ridiculous Series of maybe most fucking ridiculous <laughs> empire ass fucking sequence of events that I've seen in this show in a while. Yeah, Roenthal says, uh, "Actually, uh, another women aren't chasing me this time. I'm chasing a lady. I took her by violence." Yeah, so he uses that specific phrasing. Uh, <laughs> I took Whoa. her by authority and violence, which. 
look, regardless of how the events actually play out, like, Rito is basically admitting to, like, rape, basically. Basically. <laughs> and, like, Minnermeyer's reaction is a little... That's not like you. What's what's up? Yeah. Why are you doing that? Right. It's... it's... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like, I appreciate that Mittermeier is at least surprised, but also, like, his reaction is still a little, well, you know, <laughs> I, I guess friends have to look out for each other. Yes. Both, both. But yeah. Turns out Roenthal, uh, you know, came, come, came home one night and some old woman tried to kill him with a knife. Yes. El- Elfried von Kohlrausch here. Yes. Uh, just straight here. up trying to murder him. Uh. Because uh, she is the niece of uh, Lichtenlod. Yeah, who was arrested, like, at the end of season one. Yeah, yeah. He was, <laughs> right, he was the old guy who was, like, the power behind the throne, the Secretary of State or whatever. Yeah, uh, and, you know, they uh, arrest him and all that, so she's not happy. Right, because not only that, but if we all remember, uh, Reinhardt's order of kill all the men above the age of ten. Yes. So, uh... uh Right, you know. but like she didn't even know all the details, and Roenthal's right. like, "Yeah, well, I told her everything." <laughs> and Minervire's like, "Why? Why'd you do that? Did Why would you? T- yes, like, <laughs> yeah, would you even talk about that?" <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, but Roenthal true admits, like, "Yeah, when we did that, I was okay with it, but I'm, I, I was fucking shook, but killing kill all the all the men above ten years old." It's making me crazy. Yes. Rental kind of kind of loses it here for like a couple minutes. He just goes on this fucking wild rant, you know, like. Right. We cut back to him going home to talk to his lady because I guess I guess after she killed him, he thought that was hot and started sleeping with her. Yes. And keeping her at his home. Yes. Just uh, As, like, a prisoner of his home. <laughs> Right. Like, oh, what's I, going on? And then, like, they get in this whole thing of, like, you know, like, Roythal starts talking about his mom. Right, oh, uh, like, your hands are beautiful, all like my mother's hands. Right, which, like, she reminds you... stab me with a knife. <laughs> right, right, which, like, reminds you, oh, right, all of Roythal's problems come from his gigantic mother complex. <laughs> like fucking like Elfried like fucking like really gets it she starts she starts fucking going at it yeah like, ah, like she, she knew that you would grow up to be a murderer she's trying yeah. to kill you he's like oh your mother was like could have been the hero of our generation if she had you know killed you yeah. which sends Roy Enfield off the fucking deep end yeah, she starts she, ranting she, about yeah. she talks well she starts talking about how the, the nobility are just institutionalized bandits yes yes and, like, fucking Roythal starts ranting about how, like, usurpation is a thousand times preferable to like, people gaining power yeah. through inheritance, and that he would gladly, like, fucking tear down the empire a thousand times than, yeah. <laughs> than, than, than let people in power inherit their positions. And, yeah, and you know. Alfred's like, you're, you're talking like a rebel, you're a rebel to the bone. Yes, he's a bad right Roy Right, those a rebel without why cause. Why don't you? Why don't you? If you believe in taking power so much, why haven't you done it? Yeah, uh, she actually straight up asks, like, right though, hey, you, somebody like you is not intrinsically built to be content with where you are in life, and 
Reinhold basically admits he's like, you're right. But for now, Reinhard is the more uh, is the more capable man. He's a more capable man than I. Yeah, I cannot okay. exceed him. But what I like about this statement is it's very conditional. It implies, for now, I consider Reinhard my superior. But the day that he thinks that Reinhard falls from grace, or that Reinhold himself rises above that station, yeah. he will consider uh, he will consider it. Um, worthy and righteous of him to uh to to rebel yeah um, i mean that's the uh basically the president reinhardt set so yeah no that that is true i mean reinhardt himself has basically said yeah if anybody should surpass me they've earned it which i feel like is again a bad precedent to set for a stable stable political system (laughs) yeah but here we are yep (laughs) but uh it's nice to have let Norio Wakamoto cut loose for a few yes. minutes. Yes. Uh, but after that, we uh, we finally go back to the Empire uh, military as a yeah, prepare. Yeah, uh, Admiral Valen is... Uh, preparing to set off for Earth. Yeah. And uh, before he does that, though, we find out that uh, he is a widower. Yeah. Uh, his wife his passed away, but uh, he still has a son. Yeah, like leaving that. his kid with uh, his, uh, his parents. Yeah. And... Now I wonder about Valen because I feel <clears throat> single de- single parent actually gives you extra plot armor. Like if he had been saying goodbye to his wife and child, I would say Valen is totally fucking dead well, in the next like six episodes. But can still have this child swear vengeance upon Young Wenli, right? Yeah, <laughs> actually, I guess not. Swear no. vengeance upon the Grand Bishop of the Earth cult. Yes. I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I, I am still curious about how all that stuff goes, because even now, I still don't really understand how the Empire could possibly be at risk in, right. in this mission of theirs. But, uh, hmm. but yeah, they uh, they set off. And we are also informed that uh, uh, Mueller has, uh, yeah. because of his actions at, um, at Vermilion, has risen to uh, kind of third in line behind uh, Mittermeier and Reinthal. Mitter, behind Mittermeier, Reinthal, and Oberstein, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And he is kind of like, you know, kind of risen up above the other admirals. You yeah. Know? And uh, he For is gifted the, uh, the Parseval. Yeah, the, the, first, the first, the very first battleship constructed of the, the Lohengrom dynasty. Era, or the Lohengrom dynasty, yes, yes. And, uh, you know, hey, things are coming up for Mueller, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Higher ranks so, than Binfield now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... <laughs> Benfield exists in his own weird like here's the thing. Here's the thing. My 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 analysis of Benfield as time has gone on is that Benfield is that dude who will like never be the number one guy amongst the admirals. Mm-hmm. But where Benfield instead like finds success is by like so like so like like defensively protecting his one single niche <laughs> that like nobody can do it better than him. Like sure. Right. Sure. Benfield might not be the Admiral with the most prestige, but if you need a motherfucker to just like run into the fight and like, <laughs> and like trade blows until both him and the other guy are bloody. Like Benfield yep, is the, the guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's that dude. Like, yeah, he he might not be you know number one head honcho like Mittermeier Royenthal, but Mittermeier Royenthal cannot do what Bittenfield can do, which is fucking apparently eat shit and keep on trucking. So 
you know, uh, good for him, I suppose. But, uh, but yeah, so, uh, with yeah. all that ending, we finally, uh, return back to Julian. He yeah, is, he, uh, they've landed at Earth at Lake Namto, uh, yes. which is yeah. in, uh, like, Lhasa or something. <laughs> so, they're in, like, it, Tibet area. Right. Yeah, I mean, they are near the Himalayas. Right. You know, uh, we get a little bit of interesting lore where we find out that they point at Everest and they say, uh, that used to be the the Earth's tallest <laughs> mountain, but uh, after it got bombed during like right when uh, the um, when the black flags targeted like fought back all the way to Earth and bombed started bombing Earth like yes they they uh, they bombed Everest and took a thousand meters off of the top, <laughs> which is a very uh, funny bit of just extra detail. <laughs> Yep. But, uh, uh, we find out that the Earth Cult's kind of a uh, main headquarters is a. Uh, it's an old bunker under Everest, basically. Yeah, it's an old government bunker. Like it's some like Fallout shit. Like right, it's, the vault. It's like, yeah, it's like a vault. Like it's where the like the Earth government fled to during you know the war, and uh, the Earth Cult has kind of turned it into you know their uh, I guess their Vatican of sorts. You know their uh, their primary uh, you know. Uh, right. Place of operations. So they, there's a note about how when the colonies cleared it out, they just flooded it with water and yes. drowned like thousands of people. <laughs> yes, yes. Rather than try to like actually fight their way through it. Hey, <sighs> you know, I mean, maybe we'll drown this place at some point in the show again. Yes. Every time I fucking hear more and more about Legend of the Galactic Heroes backstory. The more I recognize that the setting of Legend of the Galactic Heroes is fucking awful, and I would never want to live in it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's patterned off real life. So, oh god, <laughs> it's just just one fucking awful, destructive, genocidal war after the next. Each Again. one, like, just each one seemingly pushing humanity to the brink of extinction, and just oh my, ugh, just. Yes, yes, kind of like real life, which... Yeah. <sighs> so they but, all, uh, uh, you know, shuffle in as pilgrims to the Earth Cult, wearing their dumb robes, and a nice lady from Pluto, you know, comes to talk to them, and it's like, oh, you came, you came from so far, I'm just here from Pluto, you came from Fazan. Right, yes, their cover story is that they are from Fazan rather than uh, Heineson. Yeah, you know, not not strictly a lie. Uh, yes, that's true. I suppose that is true. But I suppose I, I think I think it's more that uh, you don't want to be you don't want to be identified as one of the two primary factions on a place as uh, right trepidatious as Earth. You know, but uh, they're looking for some kind of library that's got information about the Earth cult. Uh, yeah, and but instead they just get their sleeping or sleeping assignments and. Poplin's like, oh, is it co-ed? I sleep with the ladies? <laughs> yeah, Poplin continues to have some of the best lines in this show. <laughs> yeah, and uh, granted, but the Grand Bishop's here. Yeah, uh, with, his, uh, with his fucking uh, homie, the the real space wizard. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, we we are introduced to this dude who is just like an actual fucking space wizard. He's got a beard and everything. Like beard and robe uh, and everything. Yeah, they start discussing by when they get back to their office or whatever. They uh, start talking about how Baron Kunmul's uh, plot has failed, and yeah. most of the uh, Earth Cult people on Odin have been you know sanctioned, murdered, captured, yes. etc. <laughs> And, well, we uh, can worry about that now because their empire is sending a fleet to go yeah, after us. Yes. They don't. We don't actually see as much of the Earth cult like leadership talking about this as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. That's just like they're supremely confident in their ability to like deal with the situation, or like they still have a trump card we haven't seen yet. Right. But uh, then Space Wizard leaves the room. Yeah. And we have Earth Bishop by himself just fucking opening up his secret yeah, vault. This guy it has like a fucking beer in it. And dude just cracks open a cold one, like literally. <laughs> yeah, bald the Earth Cult guy. I think his name is DeVillier. Yeah. And uh, he's just like I mean, turns out he's just like um Rubinsky, just another dude using the Earth Cult to further his ends. So Yeah. Uh narrator goes straight up says like no matter the no matter the time, men have often been slain by ambition. Yes, as this guy pours himself a drink. Yes, <laughs> yeah. uh, but yes, the episode ends there, and uh, we didn't talk about this last week. We were just there was so much to talk about last week. We felt right, much, right. But, uh, we want to talk about <coughs> the new ED <laughs> sequence, which is maybe ah! the hardest fucking thing I have ever had to watch in Legend of Galactic Heroes. I mean, you thought last AD was bad about implying that they will all die and only Yulian will live. Um, this one just somehow hammers the point home even harder. Fucking, it starts off with this like really lovely compilation of like Yang, Yang Wen Lee and Frederica enjoying their married life, like having a picnic in the park. Okay, and, with all oh, your look, friends. Like Julian and Shen Cup are here, and there's Dusty and Kazanu, and they brought Pop- wine here's and Poplin, and here's even Karen's here. Karen's here for some reason, and Murkat's made the trip somehow. <laughs> yeah, that's and they're right. all like, <laughs> yes, are they still wearing their uniforms in the ED still? So. Why do what? <laughs> He's a very traditional man. Yeah, uh, but it's just like, why do they never change their like? You realize that like that's probably the only set of Empire uniforms they have, right? Like, do they just have it cleaned every day? Like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Mercat is a very clean man. Just like every other character in this show has changed their outfit at least once, <laughs> other than Mercat's and Schneider. But uh, but yeah, and then. And then the fucking scene zooms out, and you realize it's a series of slides being looked at by a very hard-faced Julian. Yeah, who's, like, clearly older than he is now. Yeah, like an older, grizzled, harder Julian, with the most fucking grim expression on his face. Uh, just... And, oh my god, just all, right, all of our favorite characters are just gonna fucking die. Just, oh my god, the implication is just too much for me to handle. Just like, what the fuck happens? Like, what the fuck? I mean, look, not just what the fuck happens, just like Yang and the others in that compilation. And here's the thing I don't even, I think, here's the thing. I'm willing to accept that. Look, I'm pretty sure that compilation, that collage is more like, I don't think that collage is real. I don't think those are real photos. Right. I don't think that, like, that is an actual thing that happened. I think it's more like, you know, it's more like. There's no time scale for it to have happened. Right. The like, there's no way in the timeline this picnic could have ever happened. I, mean, I think it's more representative of like 
Happier times. A goodbye to sad right. days. Yes, yes, like goodbye to happier times, you know? And like and that's like so that's why I don't even think every character in that collage necessarily dies. I think I think it would be a little extreme if every single FBA character other than Julian dies by the end. But like I think the implication is more like hard times are coming. Like you thought things were bad the past couple of seasons, but harder times are coming. Yeah, man. FBA is already on the brink. Yeah. And harder times are coming up for Julian too. Like yeah. Like we talk about like we talk about a golden child Julian. We talk about Julian who like will be like the golden successor to the FPA spirit, you know, he will inherit like Yang's intelligence and his heart, but also like, you know, the combat ability of like Shen Kop and, you know, the smarts and logistics of, you know, Castle New and all this stuff, right? Yeah. But also like what kind of situation? What happens to the the situation that like forces Julian to rise to that occasion <laughs> and the implications of this ed are not po- are not optimistic it, uh, it, it very much seems like julian is in the implications of that ed just feel like it is implied julian is forced into that role in a way at great personal cost and i guess we'll find out yeah at some point and and, and the other small detail i do want to bring up is i find it interesting that the end of that ED, Julian is that older Julian is still on the uh, the undutiness. He right. is not on an FPA ship, you know. Yeah. He does not transfer to an FPA well, battleship. They've ship all they've all been uh, decommissioned, or they're right. about to be decommissioned. But so. like, what I mean is that, like, even even an older Julian is still on a ship that doesn't even have weapons. Like, I mean, assuming you take is- that that ED as like canon, or, you know what I mean? Well, like, yes, yes. It's it's obviously we're maybe interpreting too much because here's the thing: the past two EDs were also not necessarily like indicative of actual events. Right, we never got this in the second opening. We never got footage of Empire Empire soldiers paratrooping in. Yeah, and we, I think we, I don't think we've actually even seen Julian in show yet wearing a spacesuit. Like, I don't think we've ever actually seen I that. You, yeah, I think you might be right. Like you see him, that does that that does that shot at the end of the first ED where he's like on the space in, in the spacesuit, like on the moon or some shit. Yeah. But we have never actually seen him like put on, like, an astronaut suit in, in any scene up till. Yeah. So you know, I think I think a lot of it is more like representative than it is necessarily like you know, presenting us actual events. But mm-hmm. point is tonally like, I. You know, I'm sure this is I'm sure this is a debate that has occurred across the fan base for decades of like <laughs> do you, are you are you more of an OP guy or an ED guy when it comes to Legend of the Galactic Heroes? And I've always been more of an ED guy. Yeah. I've always preferred the EDs like they they just there's a there's a there's that kind of soulful melancholy to them. There's <laughs> just this this lone man singing about like you know, saying goodbye to happier times and crossing the bridge of life yeah yeah it's but uh you know it really feels like it really feels like for the fpa side of things we are getting closer and closer to yeah to 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 the sad times that the eds keep alluding to and uh i just don't know if my heart's ready for it well is your heart ready for episode 59 my heart is ready for a whole season of episode 59 i 
well, I can watch 24 episodes of what's going on in episode 59. All right, and well, I am so uh, sad that this is probably the only episode in this entire damn OVA that we'll get that's like this. Yeah. Well, we first we open up with Reinhard uh, looking through uh, the secret documents of the Goldenbaum Dynasty. Yes. National secrets, which are yes. now to be brought to light. Yes. So we find out about. You know, the truth behind the succession of the Golden Bomb Dynasty. This is not all that salacious, honestly. Uh, I mean, it's about as salacious as you'd expect. I like, suppose. It's, there's about as much politicking and conspiracies as you would expect. But, yeah. Uh, and so uh, we just kind of go through the line of, like, the first several Kaisers. Yeah. And it's, like, it's kind of, like, weirdly, like, it's interesting because, like, you know, it's kind of it's kind of weirdly grounded. Like it's, it's fairly believable. Like mm-hmm. you have your, like you have the second Kaiser who, uh, uh, uses brutal suppression against those who believe in democracy, which is pretty fucking, you know, par for the course for autocratic leadership. Yeah. And like the third Kaiser was pretty uneventful. They say nothing interesting happened. <laughs> which does happen. I mean, right. Oh, you know, blessed are the Kings and rulers of nations that like, we're lucky enough to just kind of rule through pretty uneventful times. Right. Um, the fourth Kaiser, Otto Fried the first, but well, however, was a very serious man. They say that no one could ever be like him because nobody ever found him interesting. Yes. Yes. He has like a robot of a man who, uh, attached to a schedule. Right. They called him the ash colored man. Yes. He's so fucking gray and didn't do anything ever. Yes. Just like, did lived his life according to a rigid schedule. Yes. It's talking about how he's taking his post post lunch walk and uh you know they have to bring him the, the incident report because a army base exploded and ten thousand men died. But he was just like, it's not my schedule, I'm not gonna hear it. It's it's I mean <laughs> there have been a lot of like uh what's the word? eccentric rulers in the past so you know i can kind of appreciate the details of like, oh there's here's just this one ruler who's just a we- fucking weirdo right. uh, they, they, they start to mention you know um that uh the rise of his secretary uh eckhart right and i kind of like this bit here because eckhart shows up during multiple dynasties kind of you know kind of as often happens in real world politics like you often have those people that like are not necessarily the rulers themselves but they right. play the politics game well enough that they stay prominent across multiple, like, uh, you know, uh, administrations. leaderships or administrations. Yes. Uh, we find out about uh, the fifth Kaiser, Kaspar. Right. And uh, his. Alfred's uh, son. He loves the, the Castrato choir. <laughs> yes. His uh, affinity for the. Uh, for the singer boys who are castrated at a, at a young age to maintain their high singing voice. Yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a thing in like the 1800s. Yes. yes. And like, uh, the fucking, <laughs> the fucking narration here were like his preferences for the castrate. In other words, he was a homosexual. Just <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so uh, maybe it's a little, Maybe tone it down a little, legendary like curious. Yeah, it was the ni- early nineties. But uh, <laughs> yes, we find out that uh, Kaspar is not interested in in in, in conceiving an heir, uh, and that he'd rather spend the time right. with his favorite uh, Castrade uh, singer boy. His yes, his literal favorite, his, his beloved Florian. Yes, 
this this makes uh, Eckhard uh, super damn angry. I do like the line about how uh, Rudolph slaughtered gay people because they would pollute the future. Right, and then like he here comes he like them wiped out or you know had them yes. rounded up and killed. But yes, and then here this we go. Is, uh, this, uh, <laughs> say it's uh, one of the ironies of history. They say the truest ironies of history. You know. And, uh, I mean, hey, as we've always said, you know, fucking people in power rarely ever adhere to what they preach. So Right. And uh, Eckhart just tries to have Kaspar murdered, uh, but but one Baron Ritzner uh, shows up with his troops to and just stop fucking Eckhart. Gun him down. Yeah. <laughs> gun his coup down, which is like, oh, it turns out that fucking great, overly dramatic empire shit has been built into the DNA <laughs> of this empire since day one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, after this incident, you know, Kaiser Kaspar has uh, abdicated and uh, taken some of the money out of the treasury, just had vanished with his beloved Florian. Yes, never, was to be never heard yet. from again. You know, sure, probably got out while I could. Uh, then we, we, we find uh, we are introduced to Archduke, Archduke Julius. Yeah, it's like crazy old man. Right, like this 70-year-old dude who they say they specifically decide to crown because they figure he'll die soon because the one they actually want in power is his son, Franz right. Otto. But, he's but, li- it, but, he, but he stayed on the throne for like almost 20 years. Yeah, it's some literal Queen of England. I mean, it's some literal Queen Elizabeth II shit. Right. Uh, uh, his son fucking is in his goddamn like seventies and like still not the king. That's still not the empire, the emperor, because Archduke Julius is like still fucking kicking it at right. like and like this, this, the son dies of illness. Yeah. Um. So the grandson or whatever, uh, uh, his stepson, uh, Sigmund von or no, overthrown by his son Carl. Yes, Carl Julius. But uh, Carl Julius had because apparently he could not wait for Archduke Julius to just fucking kick the bucket at ninety six, <laughs> had him poisoned. All right, but also they they make a note that everybody was tired of this weird old man. <laughs> yes, so they didn't really care too much. That said, unfortunately, uh, Carl did not cover his bases because uh, one of because uh, he he tries to uh, he tries to cover his bases. He has everybody. He has all the like people at that dinner like killed he forces them to drink poison right but uh one of them manages to and again the most fucking empire ass shit ever write the truth (laughs) on the inside of a bracelet with lipstick (laughs) and has it delivered to like her brother yeah who uh shows reveals the truth of uh carl's machinations and uh allows uh marquis uh sigmund von braun to uh to uh overthrow carl and yeah, and they they, imprisoned. they just drop Carl in a mental institute and yeah. like <laughs> just keep him there the rest of his life. Yeah, they talk about how he lived to be ninety seven in this mental institute, lived longer like than his lived, dad, lived yeah. through like two or three more Kaisers. Yes, yes, it's uh it's I I don't yeah. know <laughs> compared to the documentary episodes, I feel like. I find it interesting that these were portrayed not as a documentary, but more as like Reinhard reading the notes, like you know, right. declassified like papers, and like they have a they have a little they have like a little moment here where they're like, and through all of this, Reinhard had a slight smile on his face. <laughs> <or something. laughs> yeah, this was like oh, this is like entertainment to Reinhard. 
Yeah, it says uh, he may not be the student of history that Yang Wen Li is, but uh, in order, he had to know the past in order to in order to walk towards the future or something. Yes. But uh, who cares about that? Because what right. we're actually so we're away from that halfway through the episode to Yang Wen Li's married life. Yes, yes, to my favorite new sitcom. Uh, welcome to the Yangs. <laughs> right. Of course, we start with them receiving a fax from the government that they reduce yeah. his pension. Yang Wenli's pension has been reduced. Those <laughs> bastards. <laughs> Which is like, how can you fucking do Yang dirty like that? Like, there are probably not even that many FPA admirals left alive to even get pensions. And like, I don't know. It's one of those things. Oh, that <laughs> It's a minor thing, but it's such a weird, petty move to pull on him. Like, just because, what, he almost killed Reinhardt and 90% of his fleet. <laughs> like, we're just gonna, like, fucking kick him in the dick a little bit more. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's like... I'm, 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 I'm playing back chair emperor here, but I feel like, I feel like, frankly, like, I mean, here's the thing. Yang is such a principled dude. No matter how much you bribed him, you know, he would not, like, acquiesce. But I just mm-hmm. feel like if you want to stay, if you want to, like, keep a nice, peaceful FBA, I, I don't know why you wouldn't just be fucking, like... Give Young Willie whatever he wants. Give Young Willie what Make Young Willie fat and happy, because that's all he actually wants. Like... Yeah. Like, I feel like episodes 59 and 60 can be summarized as literally everybody. Literally everybody. The Empire and the FBA. Literally everybody in this show does not understand what Young Willie wants. Because if they yeah. did, they would not do the things they do to him in these next two episodes. Uh, but uh, but yeah, this episode is like the, the last half of this episode is kind of just like there's a little bit of like maneuvering here, like you know, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of just young kind of like try you know try to enjoy his married life with Frederica. There are bits of like Frederica apologizing because she thinks she's not a good enough cook for for young and. Frankly, I think Yang shouldn't fucking complain because, like, Yang has lived his entire life on a diet of tea, alcohol, and sandwiches. So, really, anything yeah. other than that is already a step up. But we get, get Lennon Comp yelling at like the main liaison to Yang Wen Lee. Yeah, he's been like, "Don't be deceived by this man lazing around. I'm sure he's coming up with some way to take us down." And he's like, just looking for the sake of appearances. Right, right. It's like nobody, like, because of his reputation, because of what he's right. done, because of his actions, and in many ways, actions often, for better or worse, speak louder than a person's true personality. Like, people just assume, like, Yang Wenli is this insidious... He's something. He's a source like, of disease. He's a trickster. Yes, he will, if pushed, he will, as they say, unleash his full and terrible power. You know, like... <laughs> And here's the thing, like, he's not wrong. Like, Yang Wenli is still like, planning the Sherwood Forest stuff. Right, he's but, he's right, but he's wrong about the reasoning. Because he's, yeah. he's like, there's no way a man who's been so successful in his military career would uh, just retire like this. Like, he, he must be seeking more glory somehow. Right, because Leninkopf is cut from that old empire cloth. He just assumes powerful men must be like me. They must always be seeking more power. Like, no powerful, or no, not even powerful, no important man in history wants to be content, like, with what they have. And, like, 
here's the thing. Like, he's not wrong in the sense that, yes, is Yang planning something? But Yang's timeline for his plan, he even said himself, is like five, ten years. Like, Yang would have been Wanna content for a while. Yang would have been content to let the Empire do its thing for the next five, like the next decade, if nobody pokes the bear's nest. Right. And like, because like they're talking about like, what is he doing in this episode? He's just fucking laying around, <laughs> hanging out with his wife and playing with his cat. And like, <laughs> like right. the most insidious thing Yang does is like they come up with a plan to like have Frederica like learn how to cook from Kazanlu's wife. Mm-hmm. As an excuse for Yang to meet up with Kazalnu, but even course, then, like, the, yeah. the implication of their the, their conversation is that they're not even talking that much about like, you know, the Sherwood Forest stuff. In fact, yeah, most of the conversation is just Kazalnu shitting on Yang like usual. So. Yep. <laughs> uh, Yang means there's a he t- the uh, like liaison guys all clearly like. Um, <laughs> you know he's like this guy's not doing anything, right? Right. right. His and, guy is pretty fair. He's yeah, like, and, you know, and Young, he's Young is nice to him. He's like, you know, oh, right. I, I know it's just your job. You know, a man must be loyal to his paycheck. You know, <laughs> yes. And you know, says, I mean, that's why I did everything I did to the empire, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the thing, right? Young has always been a pretty fair and forgiving guy. Like he gets that, like. I mean, hey, these a these empire dudes that are guarding his house are not being complete dicks to him, and b you know, hey, their orders are orders, right? Mm-hmm. And hey, they at least they let him leave the house, you know? Yeah, only if you're um, a poor ten, right? Yeah, but, but, uh, but Frederick we, Frederica's sad about her cooking or whatever. And yes. So, but uh, so then you know they come over to Kazanu's house uh, during this whole sequence. We have a lot of fantastic dialogue between Kazanu and his and his wife. Uh, <laughs> turns out that like Kazanu, <laughs> Kazanu probably gets a lot of practice verbally sparring against his <laughs> wife. You know, so <laughs> no wonder why he is so good at talking with Yang. So. <laughs> right, and so uh, Frederica and Yang come over to Kazanu's place under the pretense of. Frederick learning how to cook from uh, right. from the experienced housewife. Yes, uh, we have a good bit here where they keep having to correct themselves. It's not Miss Greenhill; it is Mrs. Yang now. Yes, occasionally reminder <laughs> that when yeah Yang is his family name. Yes, <laughs> that is not his actual first name. Yeah. But uh, like how uh, he shows up uh, with with a wine or with like some fancy wine or whatever. Kazanu is like, you need to visit more often with the hard stuff. Yeah, you keep bringing bring the drippy shit. Me, bring me cognac, not the weak stuff. Right, right. And like Yang's like, well, I'm just trying to appeal to the true ruler of the house. <laughs> uh, like, times. you know, it's the thing of like, you know, look, I think Kazanu, like compared to like, you know, the Mittermeier Roenthal relationship, Kazanu is just never going to be as important or on the same level as Yang Wenli. Right. But at the same time, like, I think maybe the most valuable thing Kazanu brings to the to the FPA is just his very like uneven, like verbal footing with Yang Wenli. Yeah. Like, their dynamic is maybe one of my favorite in in the whole show. Like because Yang doesn't really get a lot of people he can, like, talk with on that level. You know, like, there's mm-hmm. Julian, of course, but, you know, sadly, Julian is kind of off doing his own thing, you know. In 
early on they seem to imply like Dusty would have been like Yang's like you know friend in number two, but Dusty is kind of doesn't Dusty doesn't do that much. Yeah. Dusty doesn't actually do that much. You then you think oh maybe it's Shen Cop, but same thing with Shen Cop. Shen Cop is kind of more there to play devil's advocate to Yang. Like yeah. it really is just Casalnu in terms of like somebody who can like speak with Yang on roughly the same intellectual level but has the benefit of being a fair bit more pragmatic than Yang is. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah, so, and they just, you know... I Like I said, I would just fucking watch a whole goddamn season of... Yang Wenli, Married yeah, Life. The quiet, married life of Yang Wenli, you Yang know? Yang Wenli just wants quiet life. He just, he does, he does! This is... If y'all would just leave Yang Wenli alone... <laughs> You would not incur his dark and terrible wrath in the way you were all about to. Uh, and uh, so he is still hitting the bottle pretty hard. Yes, yes. I mean, you know, the reason we want things is because the body needs it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, Yang Wenli, bless you. Yes, yes. But uh, they say uh, an event is about to shatter his quiet life. Yeah, it's like, I get it. You know, you cannot have too many episodes like this because Yang is too important to the plot to, you know, sidelight him like this, so... This show is fundamentally not about Yang Wenli's married life. But, you know, in our season two finale podcast where we talked about our perfect (laughs) spinoffs, I didn't realize what my new perfect spinoff would be. It would just be like, the... It would be like a literal sitcom. It would just be like the fucking day-to-day life of like Yang Wenli and Frederica and like getting into hijinks. Like, I don't know. Oh no, like Frederica wants to bake a cake for Yang's birthday, but she doesn't have the right ingredients. Put too much rum in the rum cake. Right, like, oh no, she she ruined the cake and the Empire Guards won't let her leave to go to the grocery store to buy more ingredients. And then the episode would be about, like, Kazunu and his two daughters, like, coming up with, like, an elaborate plan to, like, <laughs> distract the guards long enough for, like, Frederica to, like, escape the house and, like, go buy ingredients for the Our cake. Our cat got stuck in this tree somehow. Right, right. They, didn't, would, like, didn't put it here. they would sneak the cat into the tree, and then the Empire oh, guards would like, oh, no, we have to get that cat out of the tree. <laughs> And Fat it would scratch cat. up that one dude's face. And he'd be like, ah, this cat is even tougher than, than no cats or something. You know? uh, <laughs> this cat is putting up a more stiff resistance than... Ah, uh, Honorary Rosen Ritter, this cat. <laughs> is putting up more resistance than Braunschweig. Uh, but, and, uh... uh yeah. In the end, it would. In the end of the episode, like Frederica wouldn't be able to make the cake, but that's fine because it would re- would reveal that Yang fell asleep from drinking too much anyway. So. <laughs> but uh, but yes, alas, we must uh, we roll into episode sixty. Yeah, we're uh, you know, as in accordance with the Treaty of Barlet, uh, FPA must decommission a bunch of its ships. Basically all of them. Yeah, but uh, all that are left at this point. Yeah, but some alliance ships come up and they're like, "Hey, we'll help you out with these ships." Right, and, and the uh, commander here is very trusting. He's okay. like, "Well, I didn't get a report, but you're the alliance, so yeah, you're marked as friendlies on the IFF." So, uh, 
Merkatz's flagship, the Shiva. Shiva. This is a a bunch of fucking menacing spikes on it, and like fucking a billion goddamn guns on it. (laughs) I like the Shiva. It's a (laughs) like it's a mean looking ship. Like I, you know, I like the Hyperion, but the Hyperion very much feels like a hero's ship. It feels like that's Yang's ship. The Shiva, the Shiva feels like. I mean, you can even feel it in the name. The Shiva is not a. The Shiva is not a ship meant to command from the back line. The Shiva is a ship that is meant to fucking get in there and trade blows. Like, that is a... And, like, we say spikes, but, I mean, realistically, those are probably just, like, you know, communication antenna or whatever. Yeah, but, like, but no, no just, other ship has, like, 30 of them. Right, but it creates such an intimidating, like, profile, like... Man, it's just like I like that ship. Like you don't you don't see a lot of ships in in Legend of the Galactic Heroes with this kind of like vibe to it. Right. Like like it's halfway to a pirate ship almost. Like what 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 like a, a space pirate ship would look like in this setting. But uh, <laughs> I mean they, it's kind of what they are now. Yes, I mean I guess that is what they're doing because Mercats shows or not even Mercats, some other FAA dude is like Hey, uh, we're the we're the we're the rebels, and we're the we're freedom fighters. Ships. We're the freedom yeah. fighters, and uh, you should all join us. Yeah, <laughs> the so, uh, there are like a bunch of people. Yeah. Just, yeah, are like yeah, we'll join up, including one lieutenant commander Hamdi Azure. Yes, which is a great name, bearded and statued man. Great look, great name. I have high hopes for this dude. I hope he does not turn out to be. A fucking awful person, but <laughs> yeah, and so a bunch of them jump ship, and the commander there reports back to the fucking tribunal, including Olibera. He's like, "Oh, they, they took a bunch of the ships." Dean Olibera is somehow still loud. Yeah, and so Hamdi comes to talk to Marquettes and is like, "So bef- before I really join you, I need to know, like, what's your?" What are your intentions here? Because you were part of the uh, the uh, government exile for the empire. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I mean, I think Hamdi's you know questions are entirely valid. Yeah, it like, shows that he's got a good head on his shoulders. Like you know, like we know Murkats. We know Murkats is a good guy. We know. Look, we know Murkats is good people. You know, <laughs> but he is a he is a defecting you know a defected empire admiral you know like it is entirely valid to ask well why are you accumulating this giant fleet like what are you like are you planning to like reinstate the golden bomb dynasty like are you just here to like fuck up the empire because they wronged you like what is is this revenge like what are you actually doing here and it's 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 a reasonable like at least ask because like these alliance guys were defecting or making a huge risk. You know, they're jumping ship mm. to a criminal element that, should they be caught, would be executed to the last man. Yep. And uh, like I say, well, Mercat's your name isn't really right to lead this fleet. Yeah. No, it's he's right. Like I, but per- perhaps we need a we need a younger, more charismatic man to lead this. Right. <laughs> this was very funny to me. That Schneider is like, oh, did you mean Yang Wen Lee? And Hamdi's like, do not speak his name. <laughs> yes. Like, do not speak his name, for it may evoke like right. dark forces. Which you know, it's I, I, like you'll get him in trouble. Right, <laughs> right. I I do like I get to append that now to Yang Wen Lee, the magician, <laughs> he Yang, the force of you know, the the source, source of disease. disease. 
trickster. Yang Wen Lee, the trickster. Yang Wen Lee, do not speak his name. <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, I mean, he's not wrong. Like, yeah, many many a rebellion in the past, many a movement in the past. You know, any movement, both military and non-military, often rely on like singularly unifying individuals who are like charismatic or famous or their actions speak large enough that people feel inspired and committed to joining you know as much for the cause as for the person in mind you know like yeah you know like as much as i don't subscribe to great man theory like it is undeniable that like single singular charismatic rulers can often like make a huge difference you know i mean you have, you know, like you know, stuff like Joan of Arc or Hell to go more a more peaceful modern route. People like Martin Luther King Jr. You know, like right. people want to rally around, you know, a charismatic and singular face. And you know, I definitely noticed that detail. Like when they announced, like they were going to, you know, take the 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 Alliance ships for the for the for the Freedom Fighters. I definitely noticed it was not Mercats that announced that. Right, that it was like some generic Alliance guy because. It's a totally different vibe, right? Like Murkatz, I think he understands the politics of he cannot be the dude calling and rallying Alliance military to his side. Because, yeah, as he says, he was fighting for the Empire three years ago. Exactly. But uh, at last, at the same time, you know, uh, evoking Yang Wenli's name... Does uh, does have some consequences, right. and uh, the to capturing these ships uh, started a rumor that although it was Mercats who did it, it was Yang Wenli. It was under Yang Wenli's orders, which true, basically true. Uh, not but they, wrong. But they go into how, the, but those who spread the rumors did not base them on facts. They just uh, decided to. Uh, you know, FPA Brass decided to use this as a reason to uh, take down Young Wen Lee because the FPA Brass still has a vendetta against Young Wen Lee, I guess. I I am astounded. I'm not surprised, <laughs> but I am astounded. 60 episodes in. They're still doing this F- shit. The FPA is destroyed in all but name. And yet... Even now, even now with Yang Wenli laid low, retired, you know, stripped of his pension, like, (laughs) even now, even now, the FPA, the FPA leadership still manages to find new ways to be self-destructive in the name of their own short-sighted greed. Yep. Like, it's like... Forge a bunch of letters and send them to Lennon Cox. Right, which is like, and here's the thing, right? Like the the really fucked thing about this whole situation is, it's not even just one bad actor; it's a series of bad actors who all want and desire a specific outcome, and they're willing to literally ignore the truth in the name of realizing that outcome, like. You have the FPA leadership forging letters to take down Yang Wen Li. Then you have Lenin Compt, who gets these letters and, and like, is advised that that's bullshit. Uh, but he, but 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 Lenin Compt himself also wants to take Yang Wen Li down. Like, right? It's 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 stated multiple times by multiple people. Like Lenin Compt, you're not doing this just because you hold a personal grudge against Yang Wen Li, right? Like, 
you're not doing this because you you just want petty revenge on him. And he keeps insisting, no, no, I'm doing this for the Empire. But like, but also, it would be really convenient for him if you know there happened to be a way to take down Yang Wenli. Right. Like, it would be very convenient if Landon Comp got to be the guy who like took down Yang Wenli. Like, sure, he never beat him on the field, but he took him that he took him out while you know, you know, during the occupation. Like. And then this extends all the way to, uh, well, we'll get into the record fucking show. (laughs) Award Juvel LaBello, dog. Yeah, yeah, I guess. uh, Award Juvel LaBello. I'm surprised, honestly. I thought LaBello would be a little, you know, I feel like in the past we we saw a version of LaBello that was, uh, had a little bit more of a spine than this. But uh, we find out that. Labello capitulates pretty easily to the demands of the Empire government, and yeah. I guess I'm trying to figure out like is this more is this is this cowardice or pragmatism? And then I mean, in the name of not allowing the Empire to get any hold over like what they're able to do, you know, right. he decides to capitulate. Yeah, it's it's a damn shame. Like after after uh, convening with Dean Olibera. Right, he gets convinced by fucking Dean Olibera right. that not only should we <laughs> hand a long over, name motherfucker, which not only should we hand over Yang Wenli to the Empire, but we should let them execute him. Yep. Again, for a crime that they have zero evidence for. This is all based purely on rumor and speculation. And again, this is what I mean by multiple bad actors, like multiple bad actors who all desire the same outcome. So they just circumvent due process. They circumvent like doing things the proper way, all so they can get the same greedy, short-sighted outcome. And again, this extends all the way up to Oberstein. Like, yes. like Oberstein uh, plays to Lenin Kampf's ego. Oberstein lets this all happen because he too also doesn't really care about how something is accomplished. He as just long wants as it to is, yeah. Like he is happy either way, either. Yang Wenli capitulates and gets executed, which is great for him, or he doesn't, and the Empire gets an excuse to, again, put the boot down on what's left of the FPA. Yep. Like, he doesn't care if this is the right way to do it. He doesn't care who gets caught in the crossfire. He just wants to see it happen. And... Yeah, man, so... It's, uh, it's fucked up shit. And so, yeah, like... The MPs or whatever come by yeah. to arrest Yang Wenli. Yeah, and... Uh, you know, Yang, being the good man he is, is just is just like, ah, yeah, whatever. Fine, whatever. Next, shoot me without evidence, right? I'll be back soon enough, Frederica. Uh, and fucking Frederica on you the know, other hand, uh, the sequence pretty good. We have this, this amazing shit. We have this amazing fucking suit up sequence with Frederica, who knows better than Yang. Fucking puts on her uniform and fucking pulls the fucking gat out of like the kitchen drawer. Loads it, aims it at the mirror, fucking like taxi driver style. Like, yep. So I can like, if you think you can do whatever you want to us, you're mistaken. Yes. Fucking do not fuck with Mrs. Young. Yeah. You know, how dare you deprive her of her happy, happy married life at this point? Yes. How dare exactly. you? <laughs> no, you fuckers. All, all she wanted was to spend her days with Young Wenli. And now you fucking FPA stooges, you empire fucks, you have all, again, you've all poked the bear's nest. The bear was hibernating. The bear was happy to just sit around and get fat. Like, the bear was just drinking and eating and like, 
to enjoy a well-earned vacation. And it's all you dumbasses who are all like, we gotta arrest the bear. Let's fucking... Let's agitate it <laughs> and force its hand as if we don't understand the concept of historical <laughs> precedent that literally every single time, every single time somebody has forced Yang's hand, somebody has died, some army has been destroyed. It's too powerful. Like, <sighs> they just uh, don't get it. And yeah. so... Well, Overst- uh, Overstein contacts Lennon Compte. Baseless saying, I hear Young Willie has been arrested. If you really want to, like, you don't want to murder Young Willie because Reinhardt won't be happy about that. Uh, so, what you should do is ask to extradite him to the Empire. And not only that, that but publicly announce you are doing so because it will force uh, force out Murkats out of hiding. Right. It's a kind and, of a win win situation for the yeah. Empire. And but we have a great bit here where uh, Lennon Compt is like, "Does Reinhardt know about this?" And Oberstein shoots it right back to Lennon Compt. He's like, "Do you want Reinhardt to know about this?" And, and uh, immediately after this conversation, we see a bit of Oberstein, you know, checking his, pushing some buttons on his cool club cybernetic eye. Yeah, turns out Which, he is right. I they don't say he's recorded it, but like my instant assumption upon seeing that was, "Oh, he recorded that shit." Yes, he recorded the like, conversation, which I think is the implication. I think that's a reasonable enough assumption. Yes. I mean, I robo eyes, I would yes, be recording those, a lot of shit. Yeah, the cold, calculating, cybernetic eyes are up to no good. Like, Indeed. fucking, you know what? I'm not saying the Inferior Genes Law Act was good. I will say I entirely now understand why you would not trust a motherfucker with cybernetic eyes <laughs> who can record anything he sees. Like... There yeah. is a danger to be found there, especially when those cold, calculating, cybernetic eyes belong to fucking Oberstein. <laughs> yes. Now, so, yeah, and uh, his number two lays it out that, like, if uh, if Lenny Comp fails in this, then whatever, because they'll have a reason to have uh, a bell eye to just fully crush the Alliance. Yeah, no, he he explicitly says that, like, Lenny Comp is an expendable admiral. Like, and I think this is an interesting, I think, I think we're beginning to see an interesting long-term plan in effect. I don't think like Oberstein is necessarily going to start doing this on purpose, like that rapidly, but I kind of suspect what Oberstein is beginning to do is erode Reinhardt's cabinet of admirals because- As it stands right now, like, yes, is Oberstein technically Secretary of Defense? Does that mean he technically holds, like, owner, like a superior authority to, you know, the rest of the admirals? Yes. But also, I think we all recognize if Oberstein actually tried to, like, push his authority, the admirals, especially guys like Mittermeier and Roenthal, yeah. are not going to take that lightly, you know? Like, there are, mm, there are politics. Nobody, like, nobody likes him. <laughs> Right, nobody likes Oberstein. That's a thing. He has no support. Like, and that's why I'm getting to suspect, and I don't think he's gonna like start killing off Reinhardt's admirals left and right purposely, but I think he's doing a little bit of a Rubinsky here. He is uh, he's tightening the the situation to his advantage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He is he is tightening the rope in a way that forces the other admirals to either do what he wants or die in the process, which is also what he wants. Like, he is 
kind of like Reinhardt, he is creating situations that are win-win for him. And I think the reason he is doing that is because I think the more Admirals Reinhardt starts to lose, the more he'll have to start relying on Oberstein. Yeah. Like, I think as we saw with episode 58, Reinhardt is still in a place where he can easily, like, tell Oberstein to shut the fuck up and, like, leave him alone. I think what Oberstein wants is a situation in which Oberstein is the only person he can rely on. And, like, you know, with Royenthal thinking of his, you know, his dreams for a coup, and God knows what'll happen to Mittermeier as a result, and, you know, the rest of the admirals, who can say what'll happen to them, you know, down the line? Like, I think there's very much a, a, a uh, an intentional uh, a intentional uh, effect here with Oberstein's machinations. He he is tr- he has tried to remove the competition. You know, I mean, look at what he tried to do with Hilda. I mean, obviously, I don't think he would actually try to execute Hilda and her family <laughs> right now. But like the the fact is, he is making his intentions clear. If he had it his way, yes, like Hilda would be out of the picture, and. You know, I think that this is only going to grow more and more blatant. He is only going to continue, continue to th- these kind of like very, these very uh, slimy operations uh, outside of Reinhardt's notice, you know, and yeah. we will see what that does to the Lohengrom dynasty. But uh, we still have a little bit of this episode left. We want to get to it real quick. Yeah, um, so, uh, is arrested and we talk about how he knows there's no legal basis for this. But uh, he's understanding that the situation is already, like, escalating beyond his projections. Yeah, unfortunately. And that uh, him being arrested, surveillance has increased on his known cohorts. Yes, including uh, Dusty and Shenkop. Yeah, who, uh, who meet, uh, meet, meet for dinner at restaurant Marked Rabbit. Uh, yes. You know, the <laughs> old haunt. Uh, uh, they are being very obviously tailed. By a bunch of goons. Yes. Uh, they talk about like, uh, well, what's the well, what, like? What's the what's going on? Basically, yeah, what's like, man, right? The, like, they the Imperials want them to try and do something because yeah. you know then they have Casus Belli to yeah. They they recognize that unfortunately they've been caught in a very sticky place. Like, you know. Yeah, they, either either the uh, emp- either the FPA gives Young up to the Empire, or they or they execute him themselves. Right, right. Or and, or alternatively, like extremist elements of the quote unquote extremist elements of the Alliance show up to uh, to, to to fight and take Young back, which reveals the existence of a rebellion, which gives the uh empire an excuse it's like it sucks because like you know they talk about like well fucking no no good situation for this like right yeah like and you know here's the thing i'm sure young has accounted for this but i i'm I'm beginning to think even young himself is like they'll probably wait at least a couple years to arrest me right like they wouldn't (laughs) they wouldn't jump the gun this quickly Uh, except they are (laughs) yes and so shenkop you know slimes back a few glasses of wine and it basically is like they dare to use the young Winley as a sacrifice, treat him as he's disposable, and they think they hope that we're plotting to overthrow the government. Well, then let's fucking do it. 
they they want to do it we'll just give them a fucking show yeah it's it's great so yeah shankov and dusty leave obviously they're getting tailed by the cops now they get in their auto driving car yeah yeah we finally uh we get a a hell of a reveal here i just drop it yes uh has an estranged daughter yeah, because, you know, he was sleeping his way around in his uh, you know, late teens, early 20s. Yeah. And, you know, uh, about 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Slept with some lady. Yeah. And, Sucked uh, with a out. Von Cruiser. Yeah, yeah. And uh, around the Battle of Vermilion, received contact <laughs> from that daughter. And yeah. that daughter is none other than Karen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So all those times, Julian was like, why do I recognize her? Right, the fam- that familiar resemblance. Turns out he was seeing, yep, seeing Shenkop in her eyes this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, uh, boy, you know, I, I'm sure Julian would handle it. I'm sure Shenkop, you know, not that Shenkop has the right to be a dad, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, if anyone could handle having Shenkop <laughs> as your father-in-law. It's probably Julian. Yeah. It's probably oh, it. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah. And so we just end the episode with, like, a car, uh, Sh- a car cracking, his, cracking his knuckles and grabbing a hold of the wheel. Yes. Switching to manual mode. <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. And it's a car chase with the cops. And then the episode ends with a fucking off-screen explosion. <laughs> Which, god damn it, I cannot believe the episode is there. We hit it, like... It just casually drops all these reviews, and it's like, see you next week. Like, not a month after, like, a month after the coronation of Kaiser Reinhardt and the dissolution of FPA or whatever. We have already... Shit's already popping off. In that month, we have gotten already one attempted assassination on the Kaiser's life. (laughs) And the rapid rise of a militant rebellion element in the FPA. It's... It's a lot. You know, it's like, again, I'm not going to say it's unrealistic, because everything <laughs> about Legend of the Galactic Heroes is very, oftentimes very grounded and very believable. But it's kind of ridiculous how f- rapidly things seem to happen in this show. Like, you would think the events of these last three episodes would take course over, like, months, maybe a couple years. Like, no, it's been like, it's been a couple months. Yeah, it's just the yeah, fact that it's all a month or two, so yeah. Just really. Some real it's, shit. It's so much. So, while. <laughs> oh boy. Well, Julian's hanging out on Earth, trying to infiltrate the Earth cult to figure out what's their fucking deal. While Admiral Valen is leading a fleet to subjugate the Earth cult. Yes. At the same time, <laughs> Kaiser Reinhardt's thinking about his marriage prospects. And at the same time, <laughs> Lenin Compt is trying to get Yang Wenli... Not just Lenin Compt, fucking everybody on Earth is trying to get Yang Wenli executed. The establishment's trying to take out Yang Wenli... Yes. And it's up to the squad. <laughs> yes. And Take meanwhile, Murkat is leading the rebellion element over in Sherwood Forest. Uh, and, oh my this god. Was fucking good. <laughs> like, and then you know what? He didn't even show up in these last few episodes, but guess what? Fucking Adrian Rubinsky. Right, he's still out there. He's still out there hiding. hiding. God damn it. Like, oh my god, just the way this show so 
deftly manages to juggle so many plot lines so well is just excellent it's so <laughs> yes just no other show comes even uh, like i don't even mean that in the sense of no other show is as good as legend of the galactic heroes but no other show manages to juggle as much stuff yes yes to just juggle so many complex plot threads at the same time and like make good on almost all of them like it yeah i'm very it's <laughs> very invested it's, it's some fucking shit man but uh yeah oof. yeah a lot of you know like i said kind of a lot and a little happens in these episodes you know oh, yeah. <laughs> like, so what do we like, think's coming up next i i don't know because i thought here's the thing i thought this trio of episodes would be all about julian on earth Right. I did not actually think we would be getting into the like Yang Sherwood Forest stuff this quickly. Like I thought these three episodes would be nothing but Julian like trying to dodge laser blasts on Earth or something, you know, like getting into shootouts with the Earth cult. So like yeah. I don't know pacing wise what they're gonna do. Like, are we gonna go back to the Earth cults? Are we gonna I think have- after a cliffhanger like this, we have to have some stuff on Heineson. Yes, yes. So I think you know, if, if I'm going to guess what the next three episodes are, I'm going to assume I'm going to assume we're going to find out what happens to Dusty and Shenkop. I spoilers. I don't think they blow up. I'm pretty sure those characters still have stuff left to do in this show. Yeah, but I don't know if it's going to be something like, are they going to like bust Young out of jail? Because I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know. what. I don't know. Just, uh, you know, meet up with Frederica, call in some Rose and Ritter boys. Right, like fucking, this, this is a raid. Like, that's the thing is like I don't know how Yang gets out of this because like they also allude to the idea of like luring Murkats out of hiding, which that might happen. But then if that happens, then that really like kicks everything off in a in in in, in a way that like I don't think like I don't see how the rebellion stands a chance at this point. Right, right. Like, they say they captured uh four hundred battleships. I think they might bust young out and young will say well i guess i'll go to the empire and uh let things blow over for a bit because well, what does that mean go to the empire like what? i don't know me if, he's accused of treason you're like yeah on paper like on paper but also like if he can arrange me with reinhardt in any way i feel like reinhardt won't, won't allow them to execute young when Lee, you yes, know but that depends on young reaching reinhardt right getting and all think, the way up the chain but i think the problem is that reinhardt is so distant now because of his the nature of him as the singular ruler of the lohengram dynasty like what is stopping like any number of other elements like oberstein or lang or even royenthal from getting in the way like of course of course like if somehow someone manages to get reinhardt's ear uh, you know what it is? Says, you know what it's time to bust it's time to bust out what, what we left at ezer loan right Oh man! <laughs> yeah, who knows, right? That's still in play. We have the thing there. That's that's how we do it, you know. Like if we hold these alone, then we can, you know, like it's impregnable. Yeah, that's true, and it's self-sustaining. <laughs> just that's where you know we just get these alone again, and uh, that that report has to reach Reinhardt, you know, yeah. like. Yeah, we just fucking steal Ezer Load again for like the fucking fourth goddamn time. Uh. But uh, yeah, like I think that's the exciting thing as always. It's a new season and the possibilities are endless. There's any number of directions this can go. Like 
what what will Julian discover on Earth? Like, yeah. what will find out Ron, next time. You know, what will Reinhardt do when he finds out that like elements beneath him are are moving like without his consent? Like, there are so many so many different like threads that are going on, and I can't uh, wait to see how they all resolve. Yeah, find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> but uh I think I think that's going to be a podcast. Yeah. You know, uh just uh there's some stuff I wanted to get into like the nature of like military occupation. Oh, sorry. Like, how how an occupation is handled can like dramatically affect like Oh, that's right. We did, we did have this conversation while watching. Like, You're you right. know, I have this whole bit about how like Lenin Kant is like Lenin is in many ways both the perfect and the worst possible person to assign to like a military occupation of a conquered nation. You know, he's un well, we thought he was uncompromising, but loyal. <laughs> turns out he is compromising and not loyal. So it turns out he's actually not a good person to handle a military <laughs> occupation. But uh and I was gonna turn this into a tangent about MacArthur and the occupation of Japan, but you know, it's getting it's getting late in the podcast, so just pretend, right. just pretend I went on a 10-minute tangent about MacArthur's occupation of Japan. Oh, please, by all means. Like, and how that had, like, dramatic effects on, like, you know, the ratification of Japan's modern constitution and the effect on their politics. Or how, like, the American, like, occupation kind of stamped out the, like, burgeoning socialist movement in Japan. Which is why, like, modern Japan is so, like, you know economically conservative and how that affects their work ethic just just imagine i went on that tangent <laughs> but uh-huh but uh and just like how like that stuff like can have long 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 in the tooth consequences on how an occupied nation develops even after the occupiers have left you know but uh <sighs> suffice yeah, to say man i'm gl- i'm Excited that I'm still excited about Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Yes. 60 yes. episodes in. Totally, totally fucking. We all said, like, oh man, 110 episodes. Now that we're more than halfway through, I'm kind of worried, like, oh no, is a, is 110 episodes going to be enough to cover? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, all right. So, yeah. let's take care of the housekeeping. So, you can read all of our content, including this podcast, at thegloriablog.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the Gloria Blog. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, wherever wherever podcasts are bought and sold. Don't actually buy our podcast. If you're spending money on our podcast, something has gone horribly wrong. Um, you can also listen to the podcast. We upload it to YouTube. Um, you know, leave a like, leave a subscribe, leave a review. You know, you know the drill. Uh, you know, we'd all appreciate it. Um, Indeed. Listen to our other podcasts. Yes, our sister podcasts uh, in the plural now, uh, The Glorio Chat, where we try to talk about this season's anime and kind of fail miserably because there's not that much to talk about. So, <laughs> you know, make our kind of weird pivot to a news discussion. Um, additionally, we have started up a new podcast, uh, yeah. Neon Genesis Evangelio, where uh, Eero, Gel, and I, uh, you know, kind of talk about the... Uh, the legendary 1995 mecha anime, Neon Genesis Evangelion, where uh, both Eero and Gel kind of, you know, talk about their feelings about the show, rewatching it now in 2019, whereas I, who have actually, uh, has actually never watched Evangelion, I'm kind of going through it fresh for the first time, and uh, 
suffice to say, I have some takes, but it's also a very interesting show. And and I think we kind of have some very fun conversations about uh about that show and kind of what it means and what it what what it means like you know twenty years later and what it does that make it so special. Um. Think with all that said, you can watch Legend of the Galactic Heroes on BRB <laughs> and High Dive. Uh, Ero, help me out here. Am I missing anything? Uh, we're on. Did you already get that we're on Spotify and Podbean? Yes, yes. I said that. YouTube, I said that. yes, etc. Yes. Okay, I think that's everything, man. All right, uh, then. Uh, in that case, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, yeah. Ero, do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, no, I think we covered everything. That I wanted to say, I think I think we did as well, or at least I think we did until somebody in the comments reminds us about some really huge, important like conversation <laughs> that happened that we forgot about. And no, that's not throwing shade at you guys at the slightest. We love the comments. Just you gotta understand, these shows are dense. These episodes are dense as hell. We try to talk about everything, but God, just so much happens every episode. You have to forgive us if you know we forget a plot development here and there. Um, Maybe someone can remind us, uh, did Lennon Cobb do anything important? Because dude seems to have a real chip on his shoulder about Yang Wen I think he was defeated a long time ago. I just don't remember if he did any, or if, I don't even remember if he fought Yang. Like, like, hmm. like when somebody mentioned what ha- what Wallen did, I was like, oh, that all comes back to me. But Lennon Cobb wasn't even part of the original, like, wasn't he, he was like, a, he was like, he was like the second wave. Wasn't of he the one stationed at Userloan? Was he? I, th- I think I want to say yeah. Wait, like what? after after Yang fled? No, like at the start. No, wait, no, 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 no. That was uh those other two old guys. <laughs> I think that's a podcast. <laughs> well, maybe someone in the comments can remind us uh, how how did Lennon Cup get screwed over by Yang Wenli? Yep, I'm but, sure it uh, did happen at some point. But yes, uh, I think that will call it a podcast, so one more time. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time amongst the Sea of Stars.